Today, we talk to a company that's dominated tech news headlines in Ottawa throughout 2021. We're going to dig into the backstory of Rewind with its two co-founders. All this coming up on Techopia Live. Hello, Michael Curran. This is a bonus episode of Techopia Live. I'm supplementing the work from our regular host, Sherry Ask, who will uh, continue to produce a few episodes. Uh, what I'm focused on is doing a series of year-end uh, interviews with some of Ottawa's most intriguing technology companies. Today, we speak with a company that's been making headlines at OBJ for many years, uh, but none more, perhaps more important than this year. I'm referring to Rewind. And please welcome right now two of its co-founders, Mike Potter and James Cieszelski. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Michael. Michael. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm very happy to have both of you here. I, I think we might have bumped into each other over the years, but I've never had a proper uh, business discussion uh, for you. So I'm really eager to uh, dig into this, and I appreciate you guys are really busy. So thanks for being here. I want to start, uh, let people get to know you personally a little bit better, and I thought, uh, maybe, Mike, we could start with you. Give us a, a quick sense of your bio. Um, Rewind isn't your first company. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about you know where you've been over your, the, your career. Yeah, I've been an entrepreneur, I think, most of my life. Started my first company in university, teaching people how to use the internet. Uh, that evolved into a company that was doing web development and an online curling website called inthehack.com that I ran for about 10 years. I worked, uh, I worked uh, for about five years, just over five years at Adobe here in Ottawa from the Excelio or Jetform acquisition. Spent five years there, left to run my first startup. Uh, from there, bounced around to a couple of companies, one of which where I met James and then started Rewind, like you mentioned, in 2015, uh, doing backups for SaaS. Neat. And you did your MBA, I think, at U of O, is that right? I did my MBA at Ottawa University, that's right. I, I announced that the day I got married to my wife after she we said our vows. I said, just so you know, I'm taking a year off of school or taking a year off of work and doing my MBA. But she already married me at that point, so she couldn't go back. There was no turning back. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, uh, Mike, the, the, the neat thing I found on your LinkedIn, a uh, little piece of trivia here, is that you're also a hockey coach with the Blackburn Hamlet Minor Hockey Association. Eight years as a coach. The, yeah. the reason I think that's cool, because I grew up in Blackburn Hamlet. So I've been at that old uh, arena, although I hear it's been renovated, right, Mike? It has been. Yeah, this was the first year it was open. So gorgeous arena now. But yeah, I've been um, coaching Blackburn Singers since my kids were in IP there. So it's been a fun uh, eight years now. Wow, it's a long time. That's that's awesome. Uh, I bumped into Laura Judas, the deputy mayor, and she was telling me about the, the rink renos. So James, let's bring you into the conversation. You're, you're, of course, a co-founder and you're acting as the CTO. Give us your brief bio, James. I, uh, I started my career in telecom over here in Canada North. So I'm, uh, I'm a West End kid, born and raised. Uh, I went to school at the University of Waterloo. Um, but yeah, I cut my teeth in telecom working for one of uh, one of the uh, Terry Matthews spinoffs, a company called Bridgewater Systems. Um, that's kind of where I learned how to build, you know, highly scalable systems. Uh, and then I sort of bounced around a little bit, um, did a brief stint at BlackBerry, 
um, a brief stint at Alcatel, um, back and forth to a company called Amdocs and uh, a place where I met Mike, a crew where they were doing alternative payments. Um, Mike, being the uh, the smart guy that he is, kind of knew when to get out of that opportunity. Uh, I stuck around a little bit longer, actually took over his role and ended up assuming the uh, the responsibility for the entire product group there. Um, and it was around the tail end of that opportunity where I started to feel a little bit anxious um, and feeling like I wanted to try and do something on my own. Rewind is my first company. Um, and I was quite fortunate that Mike wanted to try and uh, and take this leap with me. So that's really yeah. neat, James. And and the the factoid that I, I pointed out on or that I noted on your LinkedIn is that the number of companies you've been with. I mean, you are a true kind of made in Ottawa technology success story. I thought that was that was really interesting. So why don't we go, why don't we go back in time if you guys will indulge me here for a second? So I I presume we're going back to 2013, 2014, sometime around then. Uh, and I heard that you guys met uh, at another company. But where did the idea come uh, from for Rewind? And Mike, maybe you want to start off and sure, James, you can sure. uh, chime in as well. I'll go first. So yeah, James and I met, we met at a crew. We had been working there. I think we were working there for six months or so. And then, I, as you mentioned, I ended up leaving, spent some time at Halogen. And when I left Halogen, I really liked working with James. So I went back to him and I said, you know, let's work on something. I believe that was in November of 2014 that we got together uh, out the Lone Star in Canada and said, let's come up with an idea. And the idea we had at the time was to do an in-page web browser editor or an in-browser web page editor, I guess would be a better way of putting it. So a bit like PageCloud, but like really, really early, early version of PageCloud with the ability to review and comment on things. And that was actually the first application that we built. We spent about six months on that application. And it was six months in and you know it really wasn't doing all that well. We didn't have any customers at all. Um, we didn't really have a really great go-to-market strategy. The product I thought was really interesting and really cool, but it was kind of matching the experience that I had at my first startup that didn't end up amounting to much. And so it was a few months into that where I, I emailed James and I said, or maybe met with him and said, you know, we need to do something else. And I, I had always thought backups would be a good idea. I think I'm a big backups guy myself. I'm, I back up that iMac behind me. Uh, to, to a hard drive here on the floor in my office. It's also backed up into the cloud. I thought backups would be a good business. I thought they'd be really low churn. I thought if you kept your costs low, customers would subscribe to it. And when it came time to figure out what to back up, I mean, Shopify was sort of the obvious choice, right? They were growing like a weed even five, year, uh, even five years ago. They were growing super quickly. So that was sort of the genesis of the idea. And it's since grown from there. I, I like how often these origin stories start at a restaurant. Like everyone can remember, oh, we were at Lone Star. <laughs> uh, I, I can remember when I kind of started my OBJ journey. I remember where I was in a, a Asian food restaurant on uh, on Somerset way back when. But James, again, let's bring you back in. Anything you remember from those days? It, it is funny. Like I remember the the napkin and saying like 50-50 here, let's get going on this. Um the, the nugget of the story that I always find amusing is um, when when Mike came to me and said this this in page editor thing that we were working on like that's not working. I was so like entrenched and and excited by that because um, it was very different than than what I was working on at the time over uh, over in my day job. Um, and he's like, "Let's do this backup thing," and I'm like, "This is this is the dumbest idea ever. Like, why would anybody want this thing? Um, it's in the cloud, you know, for sure that they've got this solution cornered." And 
you know, that is now kind of the running joke, I think, in the last five or six years that we've been doing this, because that sentimentality that one of the co-founders has is kind of the one challenge that we as a company need to try and overcome on a day-to-day basis when we're talking to customers. Because a lot of people have the same kind of reaction where they just don't really understand the problem and they put a lot of faith in the uh, in the applications that they use online that their data is safe and it is protected and it is secure. And all of that's really true, but it's it's at the platform level. Their individual accounts, um, you know, it's up to them and, and, and they own the responsibility to ensure that their data is protected in the way that that they think it is, but it, it really isn't. So, you know, we like to laugh about that every once in a while. And I used to be pretty embarrassed to tell that story. And now I, like, I think it's actually a good one to tell as it relates to our customers. It's, uh, listen, guys, I think that's a gem right away, right? Because we all get involved in these passion projects and we're all in on them. And not all of them are going to be a big business success. So really interesting already, uh, Mike, that you had the business acumen to say, this isn't going to work. We need to do something else. So let's let's get into that something else. And I also chuckled when, when you guys said, why would you back up the cloud? The cloud's the cloud because the, it doesn't need to be backed up. But so anyway, uh, we'll go back to you here, Mike, and say uh, you already referred to your your first initial uh, uh, target or to back up, which is Shopify. Obviously, a great decision. Uh, but tell us a little bit, let's dig a little bit deeper into that story. So you you settle in on Shopify and you're going to back up uh, Shopify uh, store data. Tell us about it. Yeah. And so we launched this web page that really just asked their customers, like, is this a good idea or not? And I remember we also talked to some, I, I had a friend who worked at Shopify and we emailed him and said, you know, what do you think of this idea? And he thought, I remember the response. He's like, this is you know, a good idea, but I don't think anybody's going to pay for it. We asked another uh, person in Ottawa that was working on Shopify apps if they thought it was a good idea. They thought, well, maybe people would pay $5 a month sort of kind of thing, right? And we just saw this massive opportunity that people didn't really realize, I guess. Like, um, it was it was pretty evident to us after we, we got started. You know, the first month, I think we had about 60 or 70 people install it. Then the next month, we had, you know, another 10. Uh, so like 80 or 90 people. And then quickly into a hundred. And by the end of the first year, we were into the hundreds of, of customers who were using rewind to protect their store. And that December, one of our customers lost all of their data. And I remember, you know, having to talk to him while I was out tobogganing with my kids and he was panicked that he had lost all of his data and we were able to recover it. James wrote a little script up that recovered the data exactly the way it was before the problem happened. And at that point, you know, we knew we had a great business on our hands. We had 500 or so people that were using it. We had proven that the need for it, we had proven that the product worked. It was really just a matter of turning on billing. And so we did that. We started charging in January of 2016. And our first few years of revenue went like 30K, 300K, 1.2 million. Like the company grew really, really quickly uh, right out of the gate. That's that's awesome. So you had some customer validation, you had some growth. And James, let's go back to you and talk to us about that revenue growth. So we just heard kind of the trajectory that you guys were on. Uh, what was happening inside the company? You know, was it were you desperate to hire people or engineers or you know what were the challenges inside that uh, that growth period? Scale was always something that that hit us pretty quickly because. You know, when you're dealing with a, the, a customer's data set with varying uh, degrees of data sizes, what we built in those early days, like quickly proved to be uh, inefficient and incapable of kind of dealing with 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 the success that the company was seeing. So, 
you know, internally, we, um, we didn't wait too long to hire a couple of people that, you know, joined us on a part-time basis uh, to, to help out, which was quite, quite useful. Um, but a lot of the focus was really on trying to shore up the infrastructure because what was a minimum viable product that, you know, was capable of providing value to customers um, quickly showed that it was on shaky ground as, as the, the clientele base kind of grew month over month. So um, a lot of that initial investment was really just trying to make sure that uh, the technology could, could sustain the kind of growth that the company was seeing. I'm loving the narrative, guys. I'm just going to press pause on uh, this part of the interview to recognize our sponsor of this episode. A big thanks to TD Bank. TD's relationship team is committed to your business. They take the time to understand your business and provide banking solutions that can help you achieve your business goals. A dedicated local team allows for deeper customer relationships and better service. They take the time to learn about your business and industry so they can react to changes in the marketplace and anticipate your business's evolving banking needs. Your relationship team can also connect you with other specialists at TD to help move your business forward. And once you're up and running, TD continues to actively manage your relationship, looking for ways to help grow your business. Learn more at tdcommercialbanking.com. So Mike, let's come back to you. So I'm following the story. It's, it's a really interesting one. I'm, I'm completely intrigued here. At what point do you guys decide, okay, we can't only be backing up Shopify stores. It needs to be more. When does that decision come, Mike? That decision came, Big Commerce emailed us actually. They contacted us and said, our customers have this problem. Have you thought about building Rewind for Big Commerce? Uh, I believe that was in 2016 or early 2017. I think it was uh, late 2016. Late 2016 that they came to us and, and said, you know, we have this problem. Uh, we were at this point actually all still working. Most of us actually still working part-time. I think we had one wow. full-time employee. So the, the really interesting part, I think, about Rewind is that for the first sort of, you know, we started in June of 2015, but we worked part-time nights and weekends on it until February and April of 2017. So about 18 to 20 months of part-time nights and weekends, like Jane mentioned, we had two others as well that were in that same boat that spent uh, almost a year working nights and weekends on this with four people. That that to me, I think was was quite amazing. So the growth was, was difficult because we had two jobs at the time. We were all working two full-time jobs. You'd work your day job and you'd come home and you'd be you know supporting this, this product with thousands of customers on it. Um, and there were many Friday nights where we, we spent upgrading databases or, or doing things that, you know, we, we, our wives probably would have enjoyed, you know, doing other things other than working on this product. Um, and that continued for a long time until big commerce. Yeah. Big commerce emailed us even while we were working part-time and said, can you build it for big commerce? And so we spent some time doing that. We launched big commerce in 2017. And then from there, the decision was really, you know, what do you want to, what kind of a company do you want to be? Do you want to be an e-commerce company? Do you want to be a Shopify company? Do you want to be a backup company? Like, what do you want to do? And we decided that we wanted to be a backup company. And so the next sort of evolution from, from big commerce was to go and back up QuickBooks online. And really like James kind of alluded to just scaling the company on those three platforms for the last few years has been um, incredibly challenging. 
And then obviously last year we ended up buying a company that does backups for GitHub and we've since launched support for backups for Trello and have, you know, some other plans for expansion in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, but that early, those early, early days was really driven by input by, by, you know, big commerce emailing us and asking us to build it for them. Love that. And, and James, was it a bit counter, you're the, you're the CTO, of course, was it a bit counterintuitive to convince customers that you need to back up your cloud? Like, I, I think you even referred to that in passing earlier in the interview. Like, was that something that people immediately grasped or they need to be convinced of that? There's two kinds of customers, I think, that that we, we saw in the early days and it probably holds true today. They're the, there's the ones that get it. The, there's the ones that are like Mike that, that back up everything and they just they understand the problem um, and they seek us out. And they either understand the problem because they've suffered some sort of disaster in the past or, um, you know, somebody they know is, uh, has experienced a, a problem and, and seen the benefit of a solution like ours. Um, on the other side, there's there's the people who were like me and thought to themselves, well, for sure, these these SaaS applications actually have my back. And if something goes wrong, I hit the wrong button um, or, you know, I, somebody accidentally uh, destroys my data set that I can just call up their support line and they can help me. Those are the people that I think, um, you know, we have to work a little bit harder on to try and educate them on the problem and help them understand the value that Rewind brings. Um, so, you know, th those two things combined kind of drive the way that we have to, uh, address our customers and bring customers to, to our platform. Well, I, I, you know, I think you're, you guys are demonstrating the, um, there's a need for it. I mean, that, that much is obvious in, in dealing with you, you guys have been very fortunate, uh, sorry, very, uh, generous with your time. I meant to say, uh, and we're, we're recording kind of a double ender. This is part one of a two part series. Uh, in part two, we're going to look at some of the uh, financial metrics of the company and determine where it's going in 2022. So just as we wrap up this first part, Mike, maybe we can come back to you. So um, you did recently raise uh, a, a big venture capital, uh, two venture capital rounds, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But just what was the elevator pitch? So the modern, you know, 2021 elevator pitch for Rewind. And we'll end up on that, and uh, we'll uh, we'll answer the rest in part two. But what was the what's the modern elevator pitch for uh, for Rewind today? I mean, listen. So Rewind's vision is to back up every cloud service that's out there and really protect businesses. I mean, SaaS data, SaaS applications are growing at a tremendous rate. Every modern business is built on top of SaaS data, and that data needs to be protected you know, the long-term vision of the company obviously is to start with backups, but as you evolve into backups and you're storing all this data, you know, it's commonly referred to that data is the new oil, right? It, it is gold information that you have uh, to run your business. And so we do want to make use of the data that we're backing up. We want to provide additional value to our customers after we've backed up all these platforms. But, you know, the immediate vision for rewind is every backup every SaaS data platform that's out there i love it all right well thank you uh, to mike and james for joining us for part one of what will be a two-part interview uh we'll uh, we thank you for your time today we know you're very busy so we'll see you in just a bit uh as we wrap up let's recognize some of our sponsors Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as NumberCrunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies, Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law, TD Bank, 
specialized programs for technology companies, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can find Techopia at Techopia, O-T-T. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. Thanks again to James and Mike for being part of today's show. Fascinating to dig into the Rewind story, and we're going to continue doing so in a part two of an interview. Uh, Thanks for watching today. Uh, Please stay connected and please stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye.